Good afternoon, WC Radio. My name is Corey Rosen, and you are listening to The Story Podcast. Today I have on a super awesome guest, but before we get into that, we have our merchandise out. So if you pre-ordered a t-shirt or a hoodie, be sure to message me, and I will get those hoodies and t-shirts out to you. Today we have on a super awesome guest, Mr. Sam Schmidt-Huber. Sam Smith Huber is an award-winning Nashville recording artist and country songwriter from Chester County, PA. He has had chart-topping hits, won awards domestically and overseas, and most recently won Songwriter Achievement of the Year at the Grand Ole Opry in Nashville, Tennessee. And he tours year-round and continues to grow his dream. Sam, how are you doing today? I'm doing good. How are you, man? I'm doing great. So let's get into it and talk to talk about... What really started your love for music? What got you into music? When did you start playing? Right. Yeah. Uh, honestly, man, my whole life has been has been music ever since I was a little kid. Uh, I remember being in preschool. The very first opportunity I ever got to sing, I uh, had the the Christmas pageant solo when I was like four or five years old, and that was the uh, the the preacher of the of the the chapel. I went to a, a Bible school when I was growing up as a kid, and. Uh, preacher said something about uh you know any any kid that can belt that out is has a god-given gift like that and ever since then it's kind of just been a you know I've, I've been singing as long as i can remember i've been i started playing guitar when i was uh right around the same age about five six years old i've been doing it my whole life played uh play piano as well a little bit of drums a little bit of other stuff but guitar and, and vocals is my main thing so at what point did you start writing your own music uh, my first song that I that I ever wrote that came out when I was 13 years old on my very first album was uh, a song called On the Lake that was more or less just uh, summer summertime as a kid when I was when I was growing up. Uh, one of my best friends growing up had a lake and we used to just spend every day and every living hour of every day out on that lake when you know when school was out and and uh, being a kid you know being being adult now and being a kid you kind of see like the differences and what you write about in, in music. You don't have all those life experiences yet when you're a kid. So you kind of you kind of come up with the easy things that you know as a kid, and then it gets more complicated, you know, as you grow up. Right. So uh, you said first album at 13. Uh, it was an EP. It had, it had five songs on it, okay. I think. But we went down to Nashville to record that one. And, uh, yeah, that was some of my, my very first original music out on that. So how does a 13-year-old from Chester County, PA, end up in a Nashville recording studio? That's a great question. That's uh, we just ended up there was a there was a guy that was touring around here that ended up doing a couple shows with, and just kind of he was from the area too, and he doesn't do it anymore. But he uh, he was from the area and he owned a studio down in Nashville that was uh, he owned it. He ended up buying it and owning it, but he he had producers and whatnot in there that were you know top-notch. Nashville people and Nashville musicians and all that and we just uh after doing a couple shows and I got some original songs together and whatnot we just went down there one day and made it happen so what was it like to perform around as a 13 year old uh honestly it it always felt natural to me it's just always even when I was a kid I can remember it never being never being anything out of the ordinary I've never never had stage fright I guess you could say really ever that I can remember so it's just kind of Always something that was meant to be what I'm doing, I guess. That's awesome. So is it at that point you start getting some notoriety in in the field, or? Yeah, yeah, I would say. And as it grew, it's you know I was I was still in high school when I really started gaining some momentum, and uh, 
you know, doing a lot of shows every weekend and I got to, uh, I was, I believe I was right out of high school when I, no, no, I was, I was still in high school and I did some shows. I got my very first big show, which was the, uh, the Turkey Hill Fall Fest. That was one of my biggest things when I was being a kid. And, uh, that was with Trace Atkins the first year that did that. So like that, that was when I, when I was in high school is when it kind of really started, you know, branching up a little bit and gaining some followers and whatnot. So what, so as a high schooler, what did your uh, peers think about it? If they knew at all? Uh, it was not until I, I left cause I was in, I was in a Baptist school growing up all the way until 11th grade. And it was not until I, we switched to like a homeschool cyber school situation for my senior year because I was touring so much and doing mm-hmm. shows so much. So it was not, it wasn't until then that anybody really knew about it. That's but. really interesting. <laughs> so where from there? Do you, uh, do you go, uh, how do you start touring as a, as a young, uh, as a young person? What are some of the things you have to worry about? What are some of the differences that you see uh, now as opposed to back then? Right. Um, honestly, I feel like nothing's changed a whole lot. Just besides, there's more opportunities when you're an adult, I guess, because you can't, you know, you can't play some of the bars, you can't play some of the clubs, and um, I, I think being a kid, the the biggest thing back then that I ran into was um, just people taking you seriously. Really? Yeah, just people taking the fact that you want to do this seriously. It, it was, it was always, you know, knock it off, go to college type kind of thing, but. uh Good thing we didn't do that. <laughs> right, right. So, uh, well, I guess you didn't go to college. You just kind of just did music for forever. Yeah, I still do music. Is this a full-time thing for you? Uh, it's it's not full-time. It's, I mean, it takes up a good majority of my time. But And it's, uh, for before COVID, it was really, really busy. I was doing a ton of shows. And now, as as I'm sure you've talked to other artists and stuff, it was there was a good couple years there where there was no shows, no touring no doing anything and it's even to now i think we're still seeing some of the backlash of just getting shows put back on and stuff like that and and i'm doing a ton of shows this next year and i did a ton of shows this year but uh but uh, i'm a i'm a horseshoer full-time a farrier that's what i do oh, for really? a living yeah that's awesome how'd you get into that oh my dad was a farrier so oh, kind of passed down passed down that's that's cool so uh we talked about a little bit of your songwriting as a as a kid. How did that evolve over as an adult? What were some of the more uh, things that you, that were you were drawing out from inside of yourself? Right. Um, when you're an adult, you just you get you have a lot more experience at that point. I mean, you have you have heartbreak, you have love, you have um, you know I'm, I'm married, I have a son, I you know all that kind of stuff. So as you as you grow up, you it's life becomes a lot more complicated than when you're a kid. So you have a lot more uh, of stuff to write about. And, you know, you'll, by the time I'm 50, I'll have plenty to write about. Wait, then. about that? I'm sure I won't be able to pull it all together still, but plenty of uh, stuff out there. Let's talk about that a little bit. We were talking before the podcast a little bit about the songwriting techniques and uh, the difficulties that uh, both of us have within right. that area. How does one, uh, how does your songwriting process usually occur it uh it honestly varies man i always a lot of the times with my songs my entire life and and still now it's i i get some sort of hook line and sinker line you know i get some sort of three word phrase or some sort of idea and sometimes that 
sometimes the idea that I get doesn't end up actually being in the song, but I end up having some sort of line or something that catches my attention. I'm like, I can write a song about that. And then, honestly, for me, it, it, it kind of varies a lot, I would say. I've had some songs that I'm one of my strong suits, I would say, is I'm a, a pretty decent country kind of lead guitar player. And so there's some songs that I'll you know just like jam over this chord progression and rip out stuff and then sometimes ideas come from that and then there's sometimes where there's um i just get that line and i write with it <laughs> i always joke the uh two of the songs one of the songs you i think are going to play today is uh i tend to write songs in the shower yeah i don't know <laughs> i don't know what what uh I don't know what inspires that or what makes that happen, but I tend to do it. And like, I always like the song rebound to ring bound that you have lined up here is, uh, I have, uh, I got that line that day and Mm -hmm. I put it down on my phone and I just like went about my day and I was in the shower that night and that line popped back in my head. And I was like standing in the shower with my phone outside of the shower curtain curtain, like, writing this song and I literally like head to toe wrote this song in like five minutes in the shower wow. and uh <laughs> and I got out of the shower and had to dry myself off and run upstairs and grab the guitar and and put some put some uh you know chords and and melody to this song because I had sort of the idea in my head what I maybe wanted but I was also just like having lines come through and I was just writing them down as like as it came and uh a lot of the times that's that how it goes for me I always I've never written the same I've never written a song the same way twice I would say. Yeah, that's that's probably a good thing. Yeah. Um, it's, it's always funny how you're doing something where you're not supposed to be so, so songwriting or right. anything at all, and it just, that's when it comes. Yeah, yeah. Even more of a point to uh, always have something to write with. Yes. No matter yes. what. And, and these, these phones really help these days, having, a, having those notes on there, because I've, I've had a lot of songs where that I've just... Written them on my phone. Even voice memos. I've been using voice memos. Yeah, a yeah. Lot I, I more. always record. I always record like a rough demo on on my phone with just a guitar and me. If I once the song's finished, you know. So we have uh, rebound to ringbound. Let's talk about this. Uh, what is it specifically about? And uh, we talked about the songwriting process, but what was it like from that moment to bring it all together, the arrangement, stuff like that? Right, right. So uh, the the song is more or less. Um, this is this is a great way of kind of you know showing how songwriting evolves over your the, over your lifespan and whatnot and uh it was so this the the idea came to me you know you've have you ever had a rebound you ever break up with somebody you have a rebound Let's girl off somebody yep. yeah so uh everybody i think everybody has had a rebound at some point in their life and uh i i chose to to marry mine <laughs> 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 and uh so it kind of it's one of those things where it's uh it's as a songwriter you take truths and you take oh, um ideas that are true and then you dramatize them and mm-hmm. you know make up you know some of it's true some of it's um a dramatic version well, of the truth. truth but uh we take I just took this song and I just I kind of started rolling with it and the song's just kind of you know it's it it starts off more or less you meet somebody uh you end up you know, hanging out with them, doing your thing, whatever, and uh, you end up, you know, that rebound that you thought was just a rebound or like a little, a little patch for your heart was uh, actually turns into something more. So you know, rebound to ring bound, and you end up marrying them by the end of the song. So that's kind of how that came to be. That's awesome. Let's take a listen to it. Actually, yeah, this let's do is it. Ring, uh, rebound to ring bound by Sam Schmidt Huber. 
Rebound to Ringbound by Sam Schmidt-Huber. I am very curious. How did your wife take that? Uh, yeah. <laughs> I I always say I write what I write, and it's some of it's true, some of it's false, but it's uh, she likes it. She's That's good. Very supportive of it. How old is uh, is your son? Old enough to to listen to your music or? Yeah. So he uh. Sometimes if he's crying, he'll like pull me up on the TV or something, and that kind of helps him out. He, he'll be a year on the first of December. Okay. So. Okay, so not old enough to be like, uh, my yeah, dad's my favorite. Can't appreciate band. it yet, but he uh, definitely, I mean, even anytime music comes on at all, he it, it always catches his attention. So I think he's going to maybe have some sort of something to do with music at some point in his life. But And so that's also one of your newer singles as well. Yeah, yeah it's Rebound or Ringbound is the uh, my my most recent single as of right now, yeah. Yeah. So what's the process of recording that and then distributing that? Yeah, so uh, this was the first time 
No, I lied. It's not the first time. The first time I did it was a, a Christmas song last year. But this was the up until this point in my life, I always went down to Nashville to mm. record. I always, you know, I always worked with their producers. I I did a lot of the lead guitar stuff myself. I did a lot of um a lot of the the music and the musicians were Nashville musicians. Um you it's it's hard to find it's not hard to find because they're everywhere, but like you, you cannot go to Nashville and not find a good musician. Like there's every everybody's down there, just like even all over the world, they just blow your socks off no matter where you know you're from. And uh, not to say that there's not a million great musicians anywhere else, but like it's just that's the city of music, you know. Right. And uh, this was the first time, besides the Christmas song that we did last year, this was the first time that uh, I recorded this song here at home and I recorded it in a buddy of mine's studio and me and all the musicians that I grew up with learning music with that are all like my age and my, you know, my, I, we all kind of came up together in music. We all got together and we recorded this song together. And honestly, I think that I, I love, I love all the songs I did in Nashville and I'm thankful for all of them, but I think that this was really Probably the best recording I've ever done, and I stayed home and did it with my friends. Yeah, that's what I say. I I would have thought that this would have been one of the ones you recorded down in Nashville. Yeah, it yeah. sounds so it, good. It turned out really awesome. And the the guy Chris that um, produces for me up here now, and he's we're doing a whole new album this upcoming season to have out for springtime. And uh, he's one of those guys. We uh, he's he's a really good producer. He's not really a country producer either. He's just a he's just done a music his whole life. He's yeah. just a producer, and he. Uh, I always I say that I was trying to think of the other day of like why we work well together and he kind of he, he lets me he lets me run when I need to run I think but he also knows how to rein me oh, in yeah. a little bit and so you know you know there's some things where I'll be playing guitar and he's like no you got to step back a little bit on that you know or you know you know this part you really need to you really need to rip that one or you know something like that so he's really good at kind of balancing out what I need and do as an artist so it's been cool that's the main thing as a producer that you need to be able to do. You need to be able to let your musician fly when they need to fly, and you need to have them land when they need to land. Right, right. There's a time and a place for everything. Yeah, for sure. And you have to be confident enough to tell them that. <laughs> yeah, and you have to, you know, obviously there's no egos about it either. you no, got to do course. what's best for the song, you know? Yeah, the point, the point of any uh, song is the song itself. Right. You can always save uh, fancy stuff or more laid-back stuff for a different song. Right. Right. Yeah, everything has its place, you know. That's right. So this song has done well for you. You got an award from it. Yeah, I was uh, nominated for uh, Songwriter Achievement of the Year down at the Josie Music Awards. And uh, that was, the Josies are the, the world's largest independent artist award. So mm. to be to be qualified to get in there, you have to be, um, there's thousands and thousands of nominations. So to just to be, get nominated in itself is, is really cool. And you have people from all over the world there, but you have to be, you know, you can have an independent label behind you, but you can't be like a, a mainstream, you know, signed to Capitol records right. type artist, you know, to be involved in that. And you have guys that, you know, are making millions doing great, but they're independent artists. And that's, this is where, this is the time that they're, uh, this is the award show that, spotlights those people and uh, it was it was hosted at the grand Ole opry this year which is a obviously like a career topping kind Absolutely. of thing so what was the process like for that for you did uh you have to submit something or did other people have to submit something and then yeah i'm not sure how i got nominated i've, I've won a couple awards with them and honestly on any award i've ever won anywhere i i'm not sure how i got nominated <laughs> for you just kind of get a 
letter in the mail that you've been, <laughs> that you've been nominated for this. But uh, but yeah, that's you get nominated and you go down and you hope you win something. And this one you did win. Yes, this one, this one, this was uh, nominated and actually won uh, Songwriter Achievement of the Year. So, what was that like? Did you get up to go there and give a speech, or? Yeah, you get to you get to get up on stage and say a little thing and accept your award. And now I have a nice little plaque that's, uh, you know, sitting at home. So that's that's cool. And that is that one that you said you've won multiple Josie Awards. Or? Yeah, I won uh, won Vocalist of the Year, and I. I can't remember if I've won Vocals of the Year twice or if I did Vocals of the Year and Artist of the Year, but it might be in my bio. I, it's horrible of me to not know, but we, uh, I know I won Vocals of the Year the one year, and I won something, um, yeah, yeah, Vocals of the Year both times I think, and uh, that was one of them was when I was underage and I got a a uh, like the the young adult Vocals of the Year, and then um, last year we went down and I won that award last year as well so what does that has that done anything for your career thus far or do you get reached out by bigger names yeah yeah i think that not only not only do you get bragging rights i would say of course. I mean, it definitely <laughs> it definitely helps you out to put it in a bio and send it to a venue or you know whatever like that but uh i think it i think anything and even when you t- if you look at like the cma awards i think you know mm-hmm. like the, the big time or like the grammys or, or, or whatever it doesn't it's more so helping validate you as an mm. artist, I would say. Um, it's not necessary, you know. You you don't win a Grammy and get a million bucks when you win it. You of know, it's 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 a uh, they they pay to be there just like you would any other award show. But you uh, you you get that validation, I think. And people, you know, when you can say that you have some awards behind you and under your belt, I think that people kind of start to 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 look and recognize be you know maybe this guy has something going for him or maybe you know maybe we should give this guy a chance so with all of these achievements um you've also gotten to meet some crazy people within the country industry tell me about that who are some of your favorites that you've been able to work with and yeah yeah i uh my favorite show ever was was getting to open up for brad paisley brad's been one of my uh ever since ever since i could play guitar i think i've been trying to rip brad off of his tongue (laughs) Um, <laughs> and I have, I have not successfully done that yet, but in the stages of doing that, I've, I've have successfully kind of nailed down my tone at this mm. point. But I, I think I've always kind of, in terms of like guitar playing and stuff, even songwriting, I mean, you listen to some of his songs that he writes and they're, they're quirky and they're weird, but like, it's also kind of like really genius type stuff. So it's, he's, he's definitely been one of the biggest artists that inspired me. So getting to do a show with him and. You know, talk with him and all that kind of stuff. It's 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 cool. We also have uh, Trace Atkins, Rod, Rodney Atkins, David Lee Murphy, all these other great country artists. What is it like to go into a room and you see all these people here? Do you ever guys get to jam out, or is it just um, casual it, conversation? It's kind of hit or miss because they have you know their people too right, that kind of kinda steer them in their their ways. But I've I've noticed that, I, and I, it might be this way for other genres, but I've never done other genres. Um, I've noticed in the country world, like if you're backstage at a show and you're like, hey man, you know, hey Trace Atkins, I opened for you. Like, how you doing? You know, they'll thank you for opening the show and they'll talk to you and they'll, you know, you sounded awesome out there, man, or you know, all that kind of stuff. So there's a lot of these guys, all these guys I've gotten to have pretty extensive conversations with, uh, and they're just they're just nice people. That's awesome. So, what has been one of the 
best things that anyone has ever said about you from those like Brad Paisley or Trace Atkins or um man that's a that's a tough one I'd have to I'd have to kind of search back in my files here uh I think I did a show I did a New Year's Eve show one time with uh an old time country guy Ronnie McDowell I don't know mm. if you remember his name or not he had that that song Older Women and a, a couple other songs but uh I did a show with him handful of years ago and i think he said something along the lines of um not every everybody can sing not everybody can sing well not everybody has intonation and you have intonation and that kind of at the time when they say it to you it's like oh you you know what 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 does that mean but then you then you go and you think about it and you think with for me being a a musician intonation when i think of intonation i think of a guitar where you have when you're setting up a guitar, you have to have the intonation right. And it's, you know, you, you pluck a string and it's it's tuned to E and then you hit a harmonic up top and it, it's not off at all. It's still an E. And, that, and when you kind of break that down a little bit, it, it's like, I guess he was kind of saying, you know, you're, you never really, you're always on, I guess. And to have that kind of compliment, especially from somebody like that with that kind of career is kind of, was pretty cool. I think that'd probably be one of the tops for me. That's amazing. You have some new stuff coming out. You said uh, you're in the works of building an album. What is, what is that like? Is there anything different? Yeah, so uh, we have, I believe it's going to be a 10-song album. It, it might not be totally full length, but it's it's about a 10-song album. And uh, we're going to have, I've had, like, Rebound was a single, so Rebound's going to be on, on that album as well. Um, but I have, over the past handful of years, and there's even been songs I've dug out from years ago that I... Uh, I totally forgot I had, and I was just looking at you talking about the voice memo on your phone. I was looking through the voice memo on my phone. I was like, what is this? And I played it, and I was like, you know, maybe I sounded bad back then or whatever, but I was like, this song's really good. And, you know, and so there's a couple songs I pulled out that I'm, I'm going to have on there. Some songs I've written in the past year or two that I'm going to have on there. And then there's, uh, there's going to be collaboration at the end of that that me and a couple other local artists put together and that'll be coming out before the album but that'll be on the album and uh i also work with i'm pretty good buddies with a guy named bill de luigi down in, in nashville he's a it's from downingtown pennsylvania but he moved oh, down wow. there and he uh writes songs for full time for a living had tons of stuff that you would you would know if i if i named him off and he actually had something to do with another song of mine that i think we'll get to in a little bit but he uh i have one song that's gonna go on this album that him and a couple other people wrote um forget the one guy's name but one of them is Kirstie Manna and she had like Austin for Blake Shelton she wrote that song and like all this other stuff so there's some there's some really cool songwriting going on here what is it like to collaborate with uh people on, on that level on a song yeah certainly, certainly that must be a little nerve-wracking I think I think when you more than more so than nerve-wracking I think it's that when you're an artist because you I write my own songs obviously too but mm-hmm. when you cut somebody else's song it's uh especially when they they haven't names like that and songs like that under their belt it's like i better not mess this one up you know yeah <laughs> like, right. I got, this song needs to be good this song needs to be successful there's a standard here this guy's <laughs> these guys paycheck kind of rely on this you know like that's you gotta do it right but uh yeah I, I i just think it's just doing doing justice for the song that's awesome man and it's coming out in spring yeah I, we're shooting for somewhere around april may so we have one of your uh Previous songs. Here's a question that I was curious about. How do you think your uh, voice, starting at like nine or thirteen, clearly it's had uh, some changes right. over the years. Right. I uh, 
pretty much when I started performing, I always had like that that lower voice, uh, even when I was a young kid. But like I always, I think looking listening back, I've I've my voice hasn't changed more so as I've mastered it more. Mm. Like it's 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 the same voice, but I've obviously matured a little bit, gone a little bit more, maybe not deeper, but more wider, and you know stretched the sound out a little bit, and I can. I have more of a range now probably than I used to, you know, when I was a kid. But I think it's just more defining my voice. No, that's that's a really good way to put it because you can have, you know, obviously your voice changes as you go through puberty and whatever right. whatnots. But the the main importance is mastering that voice yeah. and refining yeah. it and yeah. fine-tuning it. Um, your, the comment about uh, intonation can even go towards your voice. Some people have really great singing voices. They can't sing a scale. Right, right. Right. I don't even know if I can sing a scale. <laughs> but um, it, to your point, like you know, just learning how to master your voice and yeah. learning how to listen to yourself without, right. uh, you know, cringing or without right. uh, actually taking the time to go through. Oh, I made that mistake. I had to work on this. I have to open up my mouth. I have to. Right. Right. Uh, I think it's funny palate. that you mentioned cringing too, because like I think no matter you could have like the best freaking song that you ever did, but like you, I think as an artist, we always sit and be like yeah, right. no that kind of sucked yeah yeah it's always funny and everyone else is like oh that song i love that song it's yeah like, yeah and nobody else maybe would even notice but there might be like one little tiny part that you were like you know i could have sang that better or, mm-hmm. or whatever but and it, but it's just out there and you just have to live with it yeah i mean it, it i'm sure every artist all the way up to the, the most famous of stars probably feels oh, the same absolutely. way absolutely and it's another point you, at some point you have to realize a song, there is no perfect song. Right, right. There is no perfect performance either. Yeah, and it also kind of shows who you are as an artist growing. Yeah. I mean, it, it, you can look back at those kind of things and, um, you know, just realize how better or hopefully not worse that you've gotten. <laughs> so let's take a look back at uh, one of your original songs, uh, Unsung. Yeah, yeah, let's, let's take a listen to it, man. This was a, uh, I wrote this one about a trip to Georgia, my my mother's side is from Georgia, and we, uh, my grandmother was passing away, and this was kind of mm. that trip of, you know, the last time you see the person, what happened, the the craziness of getting there while you're getting phone calls as somebody's you know dying, and you hope that you can get there in time. And it's kind of it's not a, it's not a sad song by any means, but it's a uh, this was kind of the inspiration for that one. With that said, this is unsung by Sam Schmidt Huber. Wish I knew what you knew that day We left that Georgia red clay You said we'll never see you again And I wondered why I smiled and said we'd be back By mid-July And out of the corner of my eye I saw you wave goodbye Change one thing now that you're gone. I'd go back, sing you that song, the one I didn't that day. I'd sit down that old guitar. 
Sung by Sam Schmidt Huber. What a what an interesting song. Yeah. For sure. Yeah. Especially with all, all the, the backing vocals and everything too. So did you just get like a, a group of people and just I uh the people that I recorded with at that studio, th- this was done down in Nashville. We uh the people that I recorded with, they the ones that you're hearing on that, um, she toured with Conway Twitty for years really? as, as his background vocalist. So there was some of that that maybe I would change nowadays. Some of it I wouldn't, but uh, it was yeah. When we want to talk about background vocals and self, that's that's something I cannot do. I cannot sing mm. harmony to save my life for anything. <laughs> and, and, and everybody has their their place in that, I guess. So there's, I think that it's a talent in its own to be able to just sing harmony. Absolutely, there. It's one thing to sing. You know, you can, everyone can sing a melody, right? But to have that in your brain and then think of okay, what notes fit with that, right? properly and what yeah. sounds good or what does the song require because harmony is uh so vast and so limited at the same time yeah for sure for sure so you have a tour coming up as well yeah yeah we do we uh 20 the rebound tour is what we're calling it based off of the uh that last song that we released but uh there's a, a handful of dates i think we have I think we have 10 or so right now and there's a ton there's more booking up every day as i'm as i'm you know speaking but we uh we have a tour coming up a lot of local stuff a lot of traveling too we're going out west a little bit going down south and uh 
I'm bringing out a buddy of mine, uh, Colin King, to, to open up the shows for us. And uh, it's it's going to be good. It's going to be a fun time. So what is it like to plan that out? Uh, what phone calls do you have to make? What uh, What's the budget look like? Is it just going to be you in a van or is it going to be you in a bus or whatever? Right. I'm a... Uh... We're working out some of those details now. Touring is one of those things where, especially if you have a band with you, you you got to make sure that everybody's at least getting a little something out mm-hmm. of it. And uh, you got to you got to also have you have to have the man like your manager, your 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 band, your people that you work with all need to be like, no matter what, if whether it's like the band itself or it's like in our in my situation where it's like an artist and I have a band behind me. Um, Everybody needs to kind of be like a hundred and ten percent behind it, that yeah. guy, whoever that guy may be, may be, or whatever that band is. They need to be one hundred percent there, and that's the only way to. Yeah, you know, everybody might take a loss once in a while. Everybody might make a lot of money the one time or whatever. You know, it's it's everybody just has to kind of be on board with that. So, is this is this your first tour coming back from the pandemic? Um, I've been doing shows pretty often since pandemic but this is going to be the first actually getting in a rv or whatever and traveling around and and doing that kind of thing what are your expectations as to regards to the things that have changed or maybe not changed so much um i think it's i I think it's going to be cool to see some of these different places and and the the main thing that you get from touring i would say is just new people new Mm. fans new um people that like your music and stuff and more so than like even making a living at it or anything like the number one thing that you're doing with touring is getting people to know who you are yeah touring is used for uh if you're a smaller person that is touring is used for exposure for uh reaching new people if you're like elton john or anything it's it's yeah that's how you make your money that's how you make your money at that point yeah right but i'm excited to see you uh and I'll keep in contact with you afterwards. I'm excited to see yeah, what you find we'll out have for to, me. We'll have to uh, we'll have to catch a show or two. We'll, we'll get you some tickets to something local here. Yeah. What What are some shows that you have coming up for for those who are interested? We have. Give me one second. I'll pull it up so I don't mess up any dates for anybody. But we have locally. I have. I'm going to be. Um. Well, me and uh. That collaboration I talked to you about, that's going to end up on that that album that we have. I'm not going to announce what we did quite yet, um, but we, me, Colin King, Cody Tyler, a couple of local guys around here, we uh, got together and we cut this song. And so the first the first show that's kind of technically part of this tour is going to be at uh, the Gem Spring City Speakeasy. Um, oh. Used to be Chaplin's way way back, but it uh. Before it was Chaplin's, it was the Gem in like the the 1900s, and it was a speakeasy. So they're they're kind of coming around to re, um, kind of like revamping that yeah, that original that old school vibe that they're doing. So we're gonna do a like a songwriting writers round situation between the three of us, and uh, and then end the end the night with that song that we put out. But then for as regards to me, the uh, 17th of December, pretty locally, I'll be at Johnny Han Smokehouse with the band. Um, I'm going to have a personal show at the gym. I have going out to Jonestown, PA to play the Gable Inn. Um, the two really big ones that I'd, I'd love to invite everybody out to and really fill the place is we're playing the Water Tower stage at the Works in Arnold's in Oaks, PA. Okay. Um, and I'm headlining 
the Boyertown State Theater in Boyertown, Pennsylvania. And that's the, the show at the Water Tower is the 11th of February, and Boyertown is the 10th of June. So and those are those are ones that, like, if anybody wants to really help us out and come sell those out, those are going to be, that's the best. And just for fun's sake, where can people find you at as well? Facebook website. Yeah, uh, I'm on. I'm on my website's www.samschmidthuber.music.com. Um, my Facebook is Sam Schmidt Huber Music, and my Instagram Sam Schmidt Huber Official. And if you're curious on how to spell all of that, all of those S C H M I D T H U B E R. Turn it into a song like I did when I was a kid, and then you'll you'll figure it out. It really is. Yeah, how you did. yeah, that's that's, that's so how funny. it was. It was a. Uh, that's the HMI, DTHB, and it just kind of just kept going. It was I was listening to my mom on the phone with an insurance agency one time, and they could not figure out how to spell this name. And it was just SCHMI, DTHB, or next thing you know, I was chanting this this thing, and I knew how to spell my name at that point. Oh, that's so funny. That's that's like the song I am a C. Yeah, I am yeah, a C-H. yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's funny. I didn't think about that, but yeah, that's that's the same exact thing. That's awesome. And all those links will also be in the description of the video as well if you uh, want to just do it that way. So let's talk about country music, where it's going, where it's been, and what you want to do with it. Yeah, that's uh, we could talk about this one for hours, but I, I think to really sum it down, I, I grew up with the, the 90s country. That was mm. like Brooks and Dunn, Alan Jackson, George Strait, John Michael Montgomery, like all those all those guys where you had compressed twangy Telecaster guitars and just down home country music, and that was the '90s country, in my opinion, was the the greatest that this that country has ever been. And uh, I think that you're gonna, of, make, you're gonna make some of the older people really mad with that one. <laughs> yeah, no, no, I'll make some of the young people pissed off about it too. But we, uh, I think that my music personally, I am somewhere in the middle of that i have steel guitars i have twangy guitars i have all that kind of stuff but i also have i i i appease to the new fan bases as well and i think that country music in itself is there's a lot of artists right now that i would not to not to diss or anything but i would not listen to and i would not call them country music it doesn't it doesn't belong in country radio when you're you're rapping in your song you know it's just yep it just doesn't work that way. And right now, country is just such a broad spectrum, and you have people that are not country seeing this opportunity to maybe make their career being country. So they, they like jump in there real quick and try to throw something in there. But you have a lot of guys that are independent, and like the Texas country like right now is, is awesome. Like Cody Johnson and like some of those guys, they're, they're killing it right now. They're winning CMA awards left and right, and they're independent. They run themselves, and they sound like country music. It's really been interesting because over the past few years, country rap has kind of sort of been a thing, especially like with Georgia, Florida line and uh, them introducing that kind of style. Right. It's It's been really interesting to watch what I, what I would consider pop country right. kind of really <laughs> expand into the farthest reaches of what you could actually call country out yeah. short of having yeah. a, a southern accent. Yeah. I mean, and that's really all it is. It's a... It's somebody that may be from the South rapping a song. <laughs> and it's kind of <laughs> Southern it's rap what it at is. That point. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So what do you think defines a country song? I think some of my favorite country songs are the ones that tear your heart out. Mm. They're ones that just like make you sit down and think about whatever this, you know, whatever that song is talking about. And there's plenty of fun songs, and I write plenty of fun songs, and I sing plenty of fun songs, and like our shows have plenty of 
alongside originals covers of just like my favorite songs and and uh i think that to be a a country song i I say this about a song that we haven't played yet but uh my one of my most successful song is more than a stone and uh in my opinion this song is i say it all the time i say it at every show this song is what country music is Mm. so let's talk about that a little bit we have it lined up what is more than a stone so More Than a Stone was a, a song that I, I did not write this song. I got together with Bill DeLuigi and uh, um, Jameson Rogers, who I don't if you follow country music at all right now, he was touring with Luke Combs for a while. He's He's got a ton of, of great hits. And uh, Dustin James is, is another guy down there that is just phenomenal with songwriting. And uh, Bill pitched this song to me, and I what happened right before COVID really set in, I signed a record deal down in Nashville. And uh, I won't I won't name the, the record, no. The you know the label and I won't go into all that kind of stuff, but it, it was a, it was a big deal and it was it went south really fast when uh, you know it's just they did what Nashville did and I had to buy myself out of it and it, it was a it was a whole ordeal and thank God that I, I did but we uh, one of the good things that did come from that was this song because we sat down with these these guys in Nashville and um, you know figured out what I wanted to do and what I wanted to you know songs I wanted to put out and. They pitched me hundreds of songs, and this was the very first song that I was pitched. And right off the bat, I was like, "This is this is one of them." And uh, like I said, it's just it's just it's what country music is about. It's about doing something greater than yourself. With that said, this is more than a stone by Sam Smithhuber.
More Than a Stone by Sam Schmidt Huber. You can find all of his music as well on Spotify, Apple Music, iTunes. Yeah, every, everywhere digitally that you can get music at. So um, they just handed you a bunch of songs and said choose for this. More or less, yeah. yeah. More or less. How much pressure does that put on you? Um, Maybe a little bit, but I think that it's, at the end of the day, it's, it's, it's my career and kind of what's best for me, so I mm. got it. I kind of, you know, I think they all understand that too. I mean, not every song fits every person. Of course. So it's kind of, but like we talked about earlier, once you do pick that song, it's, you know, these guys have a lot on the line for you. Um, Cause they could be pitching this song to Luke Bryan or somebody yes. that is going to make them a lot more money right then than I will. But and a lot they, quicker. Uh, yeah. But they, you know, they put their faith in you to, to do it. So you, you do it justice. And so what came out of this? Uh, so this song, More of the Stone, is, has been. It went number one on one of the largest independent um, country charts in the country, um, and it sat at number one for a couple of weeks there. And then wow. also it uh, it won an award overseas for uh, you know being one of the best songs overseas. It was a, a award show in Holland, which was it was a big show in Holland. It was it's like their CMAs over in Holland, and really? uh, they won it, it won Song of the Year there, and. Uh, it's done really well for me. I mean, this is kind of everybody that knows me as an artist. Kind of, this is a song that they think about when they they think of me. That's awesome. So, and you had mentioned that you got this through the record company. So, what are some advantages, disadvantages that come with that? Yeah, the uh, the advantages of having a label, I think, and there's there's some things in the works that I I'm gonna not talk about quite yet. But there's the advantages to having a label is is um, Again, with like the the credibility, you have somebody mm-hmm. behind you that that supports you and, and maybe has a little bit more of the money to to back you or the connections to get you shows or you know on radio or all that kind of stuff. So, um, the advantage of a independent label is that you can do all those things, still get to the level that you want to get to, but not sell yourself out. You don't have somebody that controls every waking move that you that you make you know and that that's my dream as an artist i want to i want to sell out stadiums that's my that's my goal as an artist that's what mm-hmm. i want to do but i want to do that with an independent label that runs itself that i can be like no i don't want to do that or yeah let's do this you know i i want to always have a hand in what i'm doing and there's always something to be said for uh authenticity when it comes to that kind of stuff as well right because right. uh corporate music can become very corporate corporate yeah uh very quickly very fast yeah and that's not what music is really about anyway right right you're we're here to we're all stewards of a song really exactly we're not if it makes money great but it's all about the song and the the music writing and and, uh the experience that that gives people right right so i have some general questions i'd like to ask everybody before we head out you um 
that last song was a little bit of a religious song. Are you yourself religious? I am. Yeah. And how does that play into your songwriting or your playing at any point? Um, I think it does. I'm also, you know, I I grew up going to a Baptist school. I grew up with family members that were Catholic, so I'm this weird somewhere in between there. And uh, but I think that it it really it influences me and what I do on a day to day basis. But mm-hmm. I also don't. I'm I'm pretty. I'm pretty private about it. I, you know, God knows where I stand with him. And I think that at the end of the day, that's really all that matters. So I, I might sing a drinking song and I might sing a song about Jesus. So it, you know, it's kind of, and that's what country music is too. So right, of course, uh, yeah. <laughs> quite often intertwined. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think it's, you know, I, I, I am what I am. I guess I, you know, no, that, that's completely understandable. Some people are called to be the evangelical. Right. Some people are called just to be, uh, a singer. Yeah, that's that's a, a good way to put it. Yeah. So, what is one thing that you know now that you wish you had known when you first started your craft? Um, just don't listen to people. Oh, that's very fair. <laughs> <laughs> don't whether whether it's good or bad. Just don't don't. I mean, you know, obviously take advice and stuff, but don't listen to any of the the BS or whatever that can come your way from. Right. Don't people. take criticism. Uh, un- invalid criticism to heart. Right, right. Take constructive criticism, move on, learn from it, etc. But don't listen to just the naysayers. Yeah, anybody who says you're just trash with and without any reason or rhyme to right. it. There's they, a lot of jealousy too that I've learned. Exactly. I've, anytime we do anything, it's there's other, and I, you, you hate to say it because like being an independent artist, you want to be right there with all the other independent artists. But there's a lot of times where like you might. You might get a bone before somebody else, and it's like they hate it, you all of a sudden. <laughs> it's something that um, I think this area is really good about, actually. Uh, just because someone got the opportunity that you did not right. doesn't mean your life is over. Right. Or, and, and your it, time's coming, too. You know, like everybody, everything happens at its own pace. Exactly. And it's, and it's, you, you should be encouraging each other anyway because you're all trying to do the same thing, trying right. to play music. Right. Right, you're trying, and it doesn't help the music music community if you start beef with people, whatever. Right. Yeah, sure. If if you're on the upper echelons, maybe maybe that's kind of worth it. But um, at on a small level, that's gonna get you, that's gonna push you further behind. Right. Then it will right. pull you forward. You have to be supportive of your uh your peers, your uh colleagues. Right. And that's how you're gonna get yourself pushed further. Than not no one no one likes a sore loser at that right, point right especially yeah, on agree. the small level that people don't, these people don't have time for that yeah of course I mean everybody has their own lives and uh, you never know who's gonna help you too you know you know you might yeah. totally bash somebody and then next thing you know they're a, a national touring artist and they might want to take you out on tour with you and next thing you know they remember that time in 2015 when you said that they sucked or something like that you know and it's, so you never want to you never want to burn those bridges no never want to burn bridges and because like you said possibilities because you don't think someone's good enough doesn't mean other people don't either right everybody different strokes are different folks yeah exactly um just be yourself and be a good person that's all that's literally all 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 there is to it what is one of the most what uh speaking about like mistakes and stuff what are some of the uh bigger mistakes that you have made or uh as a country artist and how can we prevent those for the future? Yeah, uh, I think 
I don't think I've had any like horrible goof ups yet. I've I've been I've had a lot of really good people in my corner that have been able to to kind of guide me through things. Um, I think it's really just um, you just don't don't miss opportunities. You know, just that's that's the one thing. There's times that there's been times that like I've I've gotten sick or something. I've had to cancel a show, and then it was like, well, crap, that would have been really good. You know, mm-hmm. there's. There's some things like that that you don't, but I, in terms of like big mistakes, I, off the top of my head, I, I can't think of anything really like detrimental that I, I would be like, you don't do that again, you know, but right. I guess I've been fairly fortunate in that aspect. Well, that's good. What is one of the uh, best or worst things that ever happened during a show? Your guitar falls off, or yeah, I've—I mean, I've had that happen plenty of times. Acoustic shows is always the worst when you break a string because then you don't have anybody to cover up for you while you're <laughs> to hide that fact. You just have this giant ting, and then you gotta go off stage and fix it. But uh, I've had straps break on me and guitars fall on the ground and stuff like that. I've possibly tripped and fallen off of something at some point <laughs> in my life. But uh, I think, yeah, I mean. The, the drunk people sometimes that you encounter with these shows is kind of the, the, the funniest part of this and can sometimes be the worst part of your show. Right. Um, sometimes they're great entertainment. Sometimes it's just like, I wish I was big enough to have a security guy to tell them to leave. So <laughs> that could be part of it too. That's awesome, man. Where can people find you and your music? Uh, I am like I said, like we said earlier. I, I have a Facebook page. I have a Instagram page, a website, all that kind of stuff. It's all Sam Schmidt Huber music. Um, music's on iTunes, Spotify, Amazon, Apple Music. Uh, you know, every, everywhere that you can, everywhere that you can get music at. So, I've had a wonderful time today. Yeah, uh, me too, man. I really thank you for having me out. This is cool. Of course, man. Be sure to follow Sam. Everywhere and everywhere, uh, we have his links in the description if you would like help. Otherwise, I hope you've enjoyed this episode. My name is Corey Rosen. This is the Story Podcast. You can follow us on every platform as well. Facebook.com forward slash the story Corey Rosen. Instagram at the underscore story underscore podcast. We have a website coming up, CoreyRosenProductions.com, where you can find out more about me and the, and the show at large. If you want to... Check out one of our other episodes. We have another show tomorrow at 7.30 p.m. with Johnny B. the Storyteller. He is a swamp rock musician, does a lot of cool stuff, and I'm really excited to talk to him then. With all that said, I hope you guys have a wonderful rest of the day. And also, by the way, if you have uh, ordered or pre-ordered a sweatshirt, please be sure to message me because we have those now, and we can actually get those out to you. With all that said, I hope you guys have a wonderful rest of the day. We'll see you guys later. Bye.